Thanks, man. Thanks, Scott. I remember, I remember being in like that office right over there, and like trying to figure out because they were letting me teach, which I felt like was very gracious. <laughs> I taught all sorts of people from the, I don't know what's the appropriate term, like the, the the older generation to even to the youth, and so it was a really fun opportunity. Good to be here. Good times. So. So let me. So my name's Hondo, and let me point out those of you who don't know us. Um, my wife Trish, Trish the Dish. So we've been married uh, for 13 years now. So yeah. So it was right, actually, right in that zone. We got we were married, and so this is our first church married. Actually, to be honest, I was floating around a bit as a Multnomah University student, just kind of churchless skateboarding kind of punk and different things like that and so we actually we made it to Philida because I'm like we got to commit I'm married now like things need to happen so let's we got to find a church and so so here's where we landed and so it was cool since then we've got little Caleb he's five and he's a wild man and then Elizabeth she's two so super fun to have kids it's a wild ride so Next slide is Slovenia. So some of you may have been asking the question, Slovenia, that's a country? Where is that? So this is a fine question to ask. So they, Slovenia is former Yugoslavia. It broke apart. Yugoslavia broke apart in 91. And uh, just below it, you have Croatia, Serbia, Bosnia, and things like that. So Slovenia broke away fairly bloodless. It was a 10-day war. Because of proximity, they're a bit further northwest. Serbia had to put more of its forces towards Croatia. That was a lot more where the infighting happened, and Slovenia broke away fairly easily, which was nice. So they've been an independent republic for, I don't know, what is it, 22 years now? So they joined the EU, so we're in the European Union. And so we're in this really weird mix. It touches Italy on one side, Austria on one side, Hungary, a little part right in the chicken head because it kind of looks like a chicken. And then uh, the rest of the coast is Croatia. And so it's an interesting mix of east meets west. And, you know, there's a lot of German slang words because in the region that we're at is called Koroška. And it's, so it's a northern region. That's where we're at. It borders Austria. And so there's German slang. So I don't speak German. So I'm like, what did you just say? Like, I studied, but I don't know what you just said. German slang um, mixed in with Slovenian. And uh, so it's, anyways, we love it. We've been there for four years. We've got past the initial couple tough years, and we're feeling like, oh man, this is fun. We can run a bit faster and things like that. So it's cool. So next slide. So we're with an organization. We're missionaries there. We're with an organization called Josiah Venture. And the mission statement is we want to pray. We're praying for a movement of God among the youth of Central and Eastern Europe that finds its home in the local church and transforms society. So there you can see kind of a map of Europe. And we're in 12 different countries, as well as a bit in Eastern Europe. It doesn't technically count, but formally, anyways, we're in there too. And so 12 different nations. And so um, it's awesome. So we've, as we've different, done different population things, we're going for the next generation. So that means kind of from 13 to 30 almost. So it's the, the kind of more of the younger generation. We're doing that, pouring into them as the next generation of leaders that will rise up and lead the church in Central and Eastern Europe. And there's about 32.5 million. So that's kind of what we're in these countries that we're in. So it's exciting. 
and um, <clears throat> we get to be a part of a very cool organization. These guys are great. If you want to go online, josiahventure.com. It's just cool to see and read some of the stories of what God's doing in Central and Eastern Europe. So, um, next slide. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach at you for a little bit here, and then we're going to move into what we're doing, all right? So, this is fun for me. Hopefully, it's fun for you. Just don't throw anything if it's not. Um, so, I'm going to ask you this question. What does God want from you? What does God want from you, all right? There's a question you may have asked yourself before. Some of you maybe have just stepped into the church, and you're like, I've never thought of that question. Well, I'm posing this question to you. What does God want from you? So, we're going to go through a mi- the mission of God a Neveza, and a kickflip 180. And if you have also further question marks, that's fine. Just entertain those, and we'll, we'll work this stuff out as we go along. So uh, next slide. I thought what would be fun is let's just go kind of cover all of reality first and uh, the entire Bible, and then we'll kind of narrow ourselves down. You know, Scott only gave me one shot at this, and so I wanted to make sure let's, let's just cover everything. So first off, um, God. So it's important to say, you can't just assume that when I say the word God, you actually are thinking about the same God that I'm talking about. That's just, there's, you can't assume that these days. And so when I say God, I mean God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit loving each other. All right? I mean, this type of God, this is an amazing God. God is amazing. This is the Father from all eternity, not saying, love me, love me, love me. This is the Father always saying, I love the Son. Through the person of the Spirit, I love you. And then the son saying, "Not yeah, Dad, love me, love me, love me, I need love. No, this is the son saying, yeah, Father, Dad, I love you. I love you. All right, this is the outworking, outgoing love. And that's key. That's key. So, from that we get creation. Creation is good. And that relationship is good. You know, like we say, like chocolate chip cookies are good. And they are. They're good. But they're good on the far side of the fall. Like, there's still brokenness. Like, I can't eat 30 chocolate chip cookies and still be good, right? So it's like a different kind of good. You have to take that word and say, well, maybe I, I do think some things are good, but good is like, uh, this, is, this is pure goodness. So out of this, the Father loving the Son through the Spirit, we may have creation. And again and again, as you read the first three chapters in the Bible, I'd recommend it. Read it a bunch. It's great. Um, God makes stuff. The Father speaks the Word by the power of the Spirit and what he makes is good. And he says, it. oh, this is good, and this is good, and this is good. And then he makes man. And, that's, and he says, oh, but this is not good that man's alone. And so he makes woman. And they're like, woohoo, this is very good. All right? And I would, I would affirm that. So, uh, but the, the key there is that this is man and woman in relationship, right? These are two persons loving each other. Not saying, the man's not saying, love me, love me, love me. But the man is loving the woman. And the woman is loving the man. And that's when it's a good relationship, right? Because it, we're made in the image of God, who is the Father loving the Son outwardly, not love me, love me, love me, right? But you only have to read a couple chapters in and things go south quick, all right? We rebel. We, we listen to the snake rather than God. We don't trust. There's all these things happen. Death enters the scene. Everything's broken. Um, we're broken, right? So you may look at me and say, Hondo, man, you are looking good for 37, dude. Do you work out a little bit? And I'm like, yeah, that's true. I do some. But death is still in the scene, man. Things are not what they used to be. There's gray hairs kind of coming out. Like when I wake up, more stuff pops than I want, you know. And so I know that death is active in me, all right? So it's broken. And I know that even sometimes I do things, I don't even know why I do what I do. So internally I'm messed up. Relationships are messed up. Right? I fight with other people. I know. 
and then it, it goes bigger. Nat- nations are fighting against nations, family against family, you know, so there's all this conflict between people. It's broken between us and the earth, right? We're not the caretakers we should have been, right? And most significantly, our relationship with God is broken. It's fractured. So sin messed everything up. So then if you read on through the rest of the Bible, you see that played out. I mean, it's R-rated. It is like there is all sorts of crazy stuff in the Bible. You don't go there to see like too many good examples. <laughs> there's not that many good examples, right? But there's always this. The authors of the Bible and the one author of the Bible always holds up this glimmer of hope, this like, oh man, he's coming. The one who's going to fix this problem that started back in chapter 3, what we would call the fall, he's coming, and he's going to be awesome, all right? I've seen way too much TV growing up, so I picture him because he's going to crush the head of the serpent, right? That's just how it goes, the serpent that caused the lie right in the beginning. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, read the book. It's a great book. Um, But he's going to crush the serpent, and I just see him like as a wrestler, you know, like in this wrestle outfit, like on the top ropes, this guy who's going to come to crush the serpent's head, you know, and this big, like, SC serpent crusher, he will one day come, all right? And we read lots of history all the way through. It's like, nope, that's not him, that's not him, that's not him. We find out he's going to be a prophet. He'll speak the words of God. He's going to be a king. He will rule like kings should rule. He will be a priest, and he will be the mediator between God and, and man. And we see that. All of a sudden, bum 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 I mean, do you see what I see? I mean, Merry Christmas, right? This is awesome. This is the rescue mission. This is the invasion of the serpent crusher. He finally comes to do what we couldn't do. Bam! He comes off the top ropes. He crushes the serpent's head. And this is, we should all be like, yeah! Standing, cheering in our, in our seats saying, dude, Merry Christmas. This is so awesome. He walks the perfect life, the life we couldn't walk. He goes to the cross. He crushes the serpent's head. He pays for the sin, the rebellion that we did. He takes away our shame. He beats death. He pops back out, which is so awesome in a story, right? He pops back out three days later. Ha-ha, you thought, like, it was going to go down, but I'm back. Here we go, you know? And I love reading the part between resurrection and the ascension because we will be, those who are Jesus followers, those of us who follow Jesus, we know God. We will be as he is. And so I love seeing, like, what will that be like, you know? And if nothing else... He eats fish tacos. And I'm like, yes, this is so good because I love fish tacos, right? He clearly eats fish. And then there's like Jewish flatbread, which is like the original tortilla, okay? And so whatever form you want to do that, he's eating fish tacos and he's teleporting. It's either teleporting or walking through walls. I can't totally tell, but I'd rather go for teleportation. And so I'm like, dude, he is teleporting and eating fish tacos. And if that's any sort of hope, like that, I'm so excited about that, you know? (laughs) Yes, Lord, come, Maranatha. So anyways... Right at the end of Luke and in the beginning of Acts, right, we're going to go into that, he ascends. I mean, this is awesome. This is Jesus. I don't know how he did it, whether he was like this or like the two-hander, which is also a good option, or he just went up like this, or you don't know. And if you've never thought about that, it's worth thinking about. Um, But he did anyways, and all his buddies that he hung out with, he was just, uh, they were just like, oh, like, whoa, and the other guys are like, did you see what he just... I mean, he flew up into the air. This is awesome. The clouds covered him. They're standing there just dumbfounded. Like, what's going on? A couple angels show up. Bing! And they're like, no, no, no. He's coming back, guys. Pull it together. Like, he will return. But for right now, you need to go pray and wait for the next big movement in all of reality is Pentecost. So the father, or the the son goes back and sits at the right hand of the father. And they lovingly give and send the spirit. And the spirit hits the ground. The church starts to explode. And this is awesome. This is so cool. So that's what we're going to go into next. We're, well, we're going, he will return, 
Pentecost happens. So you can go to the next slide. So mission of God in the whole book. So when I say the whole book, I mean Luke Acts. Same author, but he wrote this two-part book. And so right at the end of Luke, his first book, this is Jesus speaking to the crew there. And he opens their minds to understand the scripture. He's talking about when he says it's written, he's talking about the entire Old Testament. In context, he says the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, which basically is a way of saying the whole Old Testament, it's talking about me. I'm the guy. I'm the serpent crusher. This is what he says. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead. On the third day, repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So this is awesome when I had someone point this out to me. Often when we read the Old Testament, we're like, this is all about Israel. It's all about Israel. But the problem was with humanity at the beginning, and it's a global problem, and the problem is fixed globally. And so the Old Testament is talking about this one who will come, who dies, who comes back from the dead, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached to everybody. Right? That's the program. That's how it goes. You're witnesses of these things, which witness is a key word. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. So this is, the Spirit's coming. You guys need to wait for it. Wait for it. So you go to the next slide. Um, The next one is, as you read the book of Acts, if we were to do, we're going to do a big fly, like hold on to your hats and glasses, because we're going to fly over the book of Acts really fast, and we're just going to look at the terrain underneath us, and how does the author do what the author does, and how does he put the book together? What does he mean when he says this? So this, I would say, specifically verse 8, is the key verse for the whole book of Luke-Acts, all right? Or specifically Acts, the whole program. So this is Jesus again, before he does this. He said to them, It's not for you to know the times and dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses about the life and death, resurrection of Jesus. You will witness to people about this in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So you could go to the next slide. So we'll look at this, the terrain. This is how he does it geographically. You read this as you read. In Jerusalem, so this is Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, Now they were staying in Jerusalem. So we see actually geographically they were located in Jerusalem when the Spirit comes at Pentecost. Then as you read on in Acts chapter 8, it actually goes to Judea and Samaria. On that day a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem and all the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. So they start to spread. And that's what I want you to see the picture. Acts 1.8 says, Spirit's going to come down. It's going to go from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. We see that here. Here, here, and then the end of the book, we see Paul way out in Rome, long ways out from Jerusalem, and he's preaching the kingdom of God and telling people about Jesus in his own rented house because he's under kind of house arrest, all right? So this is, he's pushing it out, and he's training disciples to take it even further. So that's a geographic spread we see it in the book. The next slide goes the Spirit's movement, and it goes ethnically, the ethnic spread. So it starts with Jews. Acts 2 at Pentecost, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, all right? So this starts Jewishly. Then it moves out, Acts chapter 8, verse 15, and they, speaking of the Samaritans, received the Holy Spirit. These guys were half-breeds, half-Jew, half-Gentile, all right? And the Spirit drops on them. I mean, whoa, wait, what? The Spirit of God just dropped on half-breeds. Like, whoa, things are happening. This is awesome. Then we see actually in Acts chapter 10, verse 44, the Holy Spirit came on Gentiles who heard the message. This is good news for probably most of us. Some of you may be Jewish. Probably most of us are Gentiles. We should be going, woohoo! 
we're in too. Like this was unexpected. Like here we go. Or actually it was expected because the whole Testament was talking about it. But it happened now. Yes. So good. So ethnically the spread. And Peter was a key guy at all these places. The next slide. You see a character movement. Now authors, the authors of the Bible specifically are brilliant when they put their books together. These are not just like like, uh, Curious George. That's the first one that comes to mind because we read that. Sorry, buddy. My son's over there. I'm like, I actually, I don't like Curious George that much. Like the, the story arc is not that good. Anyways, character development. Okay. But the authors of the Bible are brilliant. And they hold these two guys up together. And they want you to see the comparison here. Who's Peter? Peter's the apostle to the Jews. Who's Paul? Paul's the apostle to the Gentiles. So if you were to read, and I invite you to go read the book of Acts like 40, 50 times. It's a great book. You'll see as characters move, Peter is all the way through. It's Peter, Peter, Peter. And then all of a sudden, there's a few other guys that pop in. Um, This guy's getting stoned. Not like this, but like this, all right? His name's Stephen. And then the author just kind of pops this thing in where this guy, Saul, Paul, is holding the coats of these guys. And then all of a sudden, it's more Peter, Peter. And then, boom, all of a sudden, Paul, who's beating up, persecuting Christians, like he comes to know the Lord. Jesus meets him in a powerful way. Um, And then you get more Peter, and then all of a sudden Paul pops up, and Paul's on stage for a long time, and then in chapter 15, a little bit of Peter, and then it's all Paul. So you see what the author's doing. It's Peter, Peter, Paul, Peter, Peter, Paul, Peter, Paul, Paul, and then it's all Paul. All right? He's holding these guys up. He does this not only with airtime or who gets to be on stage the longest, but then he also does this next slide, which is really cool with different things that they do. You hold these comparison charts. So Peter preaches a sermon, Paul preaches a sermon. Peter heals a lame man. Paul heals a lame man. There's a shaking of a building by prayer with Peter. Uh, There's a shaking of a building by praise with Paul. Peter rebukes Ananias and Sapphira, which is a rough one. They die. (laughs) Paul uh, rebukes Elymas, and this guy goes blind. He's like, blind! And the guy goes blind. I'm like, I wish I could have that one. That is a good one. Power, if you're going to ask one. Um, Peter, he heals people. This is weird miracles, right? He heals by the shadow, by his shadow, and it heals people. Paul, like, heals... People by his handkerchiefs, right? And then Peter lays on hands, Paul lays on hands. Peter rebukes Simon the sorcerer, Paul rebukes a Jewish sorcerer. The resuscitation of Tabitha means she was dead. Now she's back, but she's not hanging out with us right now. She died again, all right? So it's not resurrection, but it's resuscitation. A little technical term. Paul right there, and he resuscitation of Euchigas. He's like preaching. This guy falls asleep, falls out the window, dies. Paul's like, whoa, I'm only on point two or something. So he goes around, boom, brings him back to life. So let's finish this out, preaches his next couple points, and they're good to go. Also a good power skill to have. So Peter, he removed, cool story of him getting his chains removed, and then Paul getting his chains removed. So the author's doing this. He's holding these two guys up to you. And you see the movement. Peter's the apostle of the Jews. Paul's the apostle of the Gentiles. It's spreading geographically. The Spirit's moving out on different ethnic groups. Even the characters are moving this trajectory to the ends of the earth. Uh, Next slide. The author intentionally puts these summary, kingdom summaries, kingdom spreads up, right, throughout the whole book. So Acts chapter 2. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Acts chapter 6. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. A, A large number of priests became obedient to the faith, all right? Acts chapter 9, it, the church, was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers, living in the fear of the Lord. I mean, you have to picture this as you're watching the movie of the book of Acts. This is the author kind of poking his head into the screen, you know, whoop, like this. And he says, but the word of the Lord continued to increase and spread, whoop. And then he goes back down. 
And then the movie keeps going. You know, that's kind of how it goes. But he's trying to summarize and saying, look, the spread's happening. It's going bigger and bigger and bigger to the ends of the earth. Acts 16, so the churches were strengthened in faith and grew in daily in numbers. Acts 19, in this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. Right? And he'll just do this as the author very intentionally wants you to know. This is the program. Next slide. Acts chapter 28 and then Acts 29. So for two whole years, this is the very end of the book of Acts. Two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him boldly and without hindrance. He preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, I don't know who thought this up. There's a church planting network, but the idea itself is brilliant. Acts 29. So what does the chapter, the next chapters look like? Because the book doesn't, it doesn't have a clean finish. It just ends with Paul preaching the kingdom of God and things continuing to spread as they've been doing for 2,000 years. So that's exciting in the sense of you could ask the question, what is the chapter that's being written, the Acts 29 chapter in Philida, right? What's the Acts 29 chapter? Uh, chapter happening in Vancouver and Washington in the United States. What's the Acts 29 chapter looking like in Slovenia or in Kroška where we are? All right? So I love that as a concept. It's brilliant. You get to be part of, if you're a follower of Jesus, writing the chapters as the story continues. All right? This is awesome. I love it. As we wait for the return of Christ. Right? So next slide. So this is what we're doing in Slovenia. So I wanted to just blaze through all of reality and the book of Acts. <laughs> and now I'm going to tell you, this is what we're doing in Slovenia. So a Neveza. So that was the mission of God. This is Neveza. Neveza is a Slovene alpinism term, a mountaineering term. And it means a small group of people all connected by ropes, all moving towards a common purpose of climbing this mountain. All right? The mafia also used the word, but we're using it for specifically alpinism, okay? And so we use this word in Slovenia to kind of describe what a small group is, because I love that picture. It's danger. There has to be danger involved in following Jesus, right? You should be ready to die, because he did, right? We follow him into what he does. That's just part of it. So danger needs to be an element in discipleship, as well as we need to be connected, and we're moving together on a common purpose. And if you fall, man, we, we dig in and we catch you, and you get back up, and you're ready so that when I fall, you catch me. All right? We moved away from the terms mentor, mentoree, because that kind of sounds like, I have it, you need it, let me give it to you. You know what I mean? Rather than neveza, because we're all together, roped up on perilous activities, potential death. <laughs> I like the sound of that. So, neveza. So we use this word in Slovenia for our small discipleship groups. So next slide. This is my local mission. So the first picture I showed you was just my family. I wanted to introduce you to my family. But this is like our prayer card. And so... <clears throat> I wanted to show you, this is my most, this is my most important neveza, all right, right here. And so I need to be loving Trish. I need to be not just like, love me, love me, love me, Trish, which I do sometimes. But it's more like, no, I need to be loving Trish. I need to be loving Trish. And loving my kids. Down here, you may not be able to see it, but it says, equipping young leaders um, in Central and Eastern Europe to fulfill Christ's commission. And so if I'm not doing that with, like, my kids, like, man, I'm missing the boat, all right? So this is my smallest, tightest neveza right here. And it's going to be perilous. There's going to be danger involved in the thing. Some of us are going to fall, but we want to catch each other. All right? And then we intentionally took this shot because this, the city behind us, that's the town in which we live. And so that's my next local, if we're going Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth kind of idea. That's the local. So I hang out with students. I teach in the high school every week, like a day, just conversational English. I don't have to teach any grammar, which is awesome. And... Um, <laughs> Um, we invite students over. I'll take students out on 
perilous activities. I'll take them climbing or we'll go you know, snowboarding or sports, trying to reach, raise up dudes that will follow Jesus. And um, so that's the thing. That's the local. That's where we're at in Koroshka, the region in Slovengrad. It's, all right? it's, been, it's been awesome on numerous levels and super challenging on other levels. That's just how life goes, right? That's part of it. Nobody ever said it would be easy, right? That's the deal. <laughs> so this is local mission. And then if we were to go to the next slide... This is our national mission. So this is where, if you could slide over. Oh, yeah, you got it. Dialed. Nice work. So this is a, this is a video we're going to show you of the national movement. All right? So these are university students that have come to know the Lord through different camps that we've done and others on our team in Slovenia have done. These guys have come to know Jesus and follow Jesus in high school. Then they've grown up into university. And so we built a two-year discipleship program for Slovene university students. And so that's what this is. This just happened like four weeks ago. Part of that program is a 10-day summer chunk where we all just hang out on top of a mountain, study the Bible, theology, pray, repent, all that sort of stuff, you know. So that is awesome. So anyways, this is uh, that.
So that's a national, that's a national movement. So let me paint the picture real quick. So that's a Neveza is a, either a Neveza leader in one or one on two. And they're investing their lives, really the life of Jesus, back into these students and training them up. They could be students making disciples of Jesus with other students. That's how it looks like. They're in different churches around the whole country. I mean, you could drive across the country in about three hours. So when I'm talking national movement, it's a little easier to pull off. So they're in little churches around the country. And then four times throughout the school year, we'll get together all for the whole country. We'll get together for a weekend somewhere in a different region usually. And we'll study the Bible, we'll fellowship, we'll be together, and then they'll split back and be meeting weekly and often in their Neveza groups connected to local churches all around the country. And then in the summer, we'll do a big 10-day summer chunk. And so in this way, being together and splitting and just doing life together and growing, that's how we are discipling the next generation of students, university students in Slovenia. And it's super fun. I love this. This is really exciting. Then... We just started thinking, actually, through conversations and lots of prayer and stuff, we thought up this new idea that we're going to launch that starts in October. So next slide is, this is an international mission, because remember, we want to go from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So I'm thinking, hey, this isn't just about Slovengradets, that's where we live, or Koroška, the region we're in. It's not just about Slovenia, the nation, right? I, I, we need to be about the world, man. This is huge. This is bigger than just Slovenia. So how can I reach internationally? So I was thinking, I had other ideas and thoughts. It's not fully original. But we thought, oh man, what could we do? We're in 12 different countries as Josiah Venture. Wonder if I could do an internship, which is what we're going to do, an eight-month internship for Eastern European University students. And they can come and we'll train them in Bible and theology and then take them out on mission into our local region in Koroška. And so we're going to launch this, do an eight-month thing. Right now we have, and we want it to be small. It's a tight, small neveza, all right? So I think biggest would be four students. Maybe more, but four is just about right. We're launching it, and right now we have two students, and that's perfect. One guy, one girl. And there's, all, there's an Estonian girl. Estonia, go look up Google Maps where Estonia is. And so we have an Estonian coming down for this internship, and another Slovenian guy. So I just emailed these guys yesterday, and the Estonian church and the people that we work with up there are super excited because they're like, this is the first missionary we've ever sent out. And so we're sending an Estonian missionary to Slovenia to reach youth. And then there's a church plant on the other side of the country in Slovenia, and they're like in the region of Gorenska, and they're like, we're sending a missionary from Gorenska to Koroška in order to help the church and the youth movement over there. And they're fired up about it too. We also have a Czech gal who's coming down from Czech Republic to help us facilitate this whole thing. And so this is international. And so we'll, it may flop or it may pop. I don't know. We'll see. Like, I'd love to see it get bigger. And we start having international interns all over the place so that it's even raising the bar for Eastern Europeans to think, hey, we want to send missionaries too. All right. So this is I, I'm actually, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm super excited about this. So, Noveza, we, we describe what that is. Core is the first three letters of Koroška, so that's the region we're in. Um, it's going to be an active, reflective, short-term community on mission. So, active means we're going out into the, you know, joining things that are already happening in the community, whether that's judo club, and you'll see pictures of me in a couple months, like with bruises, or... Um, Whatever it is, choir, probably not me, but somebody else, maybe the Estonian, I don't know. 
you know, but stuff's already happening in the community. So we're in there. We're just loving people, being Jesus in the community. And then we're also going to prayerfully build stuff and invite things, invite students to it. All right? So both of those movements. Um, that's active. Reflective. I want to teach you. you got to be soaking in God's Word. So we're going to study God's Word. We're going to study theology. We're going to look at missiology. That's the category of how do I think about this culture and how do we speak the good news into this culture and this place. So I'm excited. And we're going to be a community, a tight Neveza. So next picture. These ones are quick. Team of four to six students connected to JV. That's who's going to be involved in this international project. The next one is where? Koroshka, northern region in Slovenia. Next one. What? Eight-month biblical training missions internship with Josiah Venture. Next one. And why? Because there is no plan B. <laughs> this is the option. This is the discipleship. This is what Jesus called us to do. We need to go and make disciples, right? As we're going, make disciples of all nations. And so that's plan A. There is no plan B. This is the one. (laughs) So that's what we want to be about. We get to make disciples of Estonians and other Slovenes and have Czechs people come down and, you know, let's mix and match, you know? And so we'll do barbecues from all those different countries, you know, so we can taste the international goodness of barbecue, right? Doesn't that sound good? Yes. So that's the why. So you can go to the next slide. All right, so originally I said the mission of God, Neveza, and a kickflip 180, right? So what does kickflip 180 have to do with this? Well, I've been hammering it pretty hard, and we even started with this question, what does God want from you now, right? So I could end this with missionary zeal and charge, you need to go, 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 right? And maybe some of you would be like, yeah, let's do this, let's go, just piped up on sheer adrenaline, like, yeah let's do it. Let's charge the world for Jesus. And that would be awesome. But I think you'd probably only last about a week and a half. And so would I, right? If that was my motivation, if it was just sheer adrenaline, let's go for it, you'd last about a week and a half. And I'd be stoked to last that long. All right? That's not the right motivation. Um, Or maybe some of you, after loud missionary zeal, like, you need to go. You need to be witnesses. You need to be witnesses where you're at, not just across you know, internationally, but in your families, across the street, across the pond, obviously, you know, Um, even across the river to those Oregonians, you know, you should do that, right? But if I just left it with that, you may be crushed under like guilt or, oh man, I don't, I can't do that or I'm not doing that the way I should or shame, like I'm just, I can't talk to people or something like that, right? And I don't want to leave you with just sheer adrenaline motivation or guilt and shame. And so that's why you have to kickflip 180. So this is a skateboard trick. On the skateboard, you come up to, this is doing an 18 stairs. So this is bold. This guy is doing a kickflip 180 down 18 stairs. This is a big one. Um, and so you come up to, you're on your skateboard. You come up to the stairs going pretty fast. You have to ollie. That means jump up on your skateboard. Then you kickflip, which means flip the board, a full, full rotation like this. And then you land a different direction, which is doing a 180, right? You're facing this way. You kickflip and land going this direction. That's a kickflip 180. And so... Really, with this, this is God's program, all right? Mission, moving out and spreading. Those who are followers of Jesus, you are called to be like Jesus, discipling others, moving out and witnessing. It's just, that's how it is. But the motivation has to be right. So I asked you the question, what does God want from you? That's actually not a good question. (laughs) I set you up. It was a setup. I only get one shot to preach, so. Um, But what does God want from you? If you start to dig on that question, you start to think, oh yeah, God's like a wanting, needing God, you need to do this. I need you to do this and this. But remember, who did I describe God as? God's not this wanting, needing, I want you to do this. 
God's an outflowing, giving, loving God. The Father loving the Son. All right? The Son going back to the Father and they're lovingly giving the Spirit of God to be with the church as the mission spreads. All right? And so the motivation has to be right. So a kickflip 180 is somebody, a Brit actually, go figure, but a Brit told me this a long time ago. He said, every morning you need to speak the good news of the gospel of grace down into your heart. Don't listen to yourself. He said, crazy people listen to themselves. Sane people, sane people talk to themselves. That is far more healthy, all right? So every morning, if I were just to listen to myself, the direction or bent of my heart, the old grooves of the old man would be, I can do this. This is all about me. I'm making this happen. Sheer adrenaline, let's do this. Or, man, I'm crushed. I don't even want to get out of bed. This is too much. And so the kickflip 180 is I need to flip that every morning, flip it and turn the other direction and say, oh, wait a second, what's the good news of the gospel of grace? God is a loving, giving God. What's the mission of God? The mission of God isn't, you're my missionary, get after it. It's, no, I'm coming for you. Remember, Christmas is the invasion. This is the rescue mission. It's God's program. God is on mission to seek and save the lost. That's what he is about, and that's the type of God he is. He's that outworking, loving, I'm coming for you even though you're lost sort of God. All right? And he invites us into that. It's not that he calls you, go to mission, it's going to be horrible. It's, no, 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 this is what I'm about. Do you want to be with me? Do you want to experience me? And I could tell you the truth, that when I've been on the edge and just like, man, I don't know how this is going to work, those are the points at which I've experienced and just felt fellowship with God the most. That's when I experienced God the most. And so he's not saying, do this because I need to get done. It's more like, man, do you want to experience me? It's more like, hey, I'm going to work, and do you want to come with me? This is a father to a son. This is dad's going to work, man. Do you want to come with dad on work? And kids are like, yeah, I want to go to dad on work. This is fun, you know. He says, just hit that nail. You're fine. Just hit the nail. It's like, dad, this is too big. No, just hit the nail. You're fine. Because really God's at work. It's God's mission. And his program is Neveza. But the kickflip has to happen. It's not about you doing it. It's about what do you want? Do you want to be with God? God's on mission. So you should go on mission to your family, which may be actually the most dangerous, scary thing in the world. Maybe a lot easier going to talk to Slovenes than it is to your family or somebody, you know? But God calls you into those risky, dangerous situations. But he calls us into that place, and we know that he will be with us, and that um, he's already accomplished it, right? Jesus has done it. We're witnesses of the fact of what Jesus has done on the cross and the resurrection, right? And that he's taken away the shame and that we can move out and join him on his mission. And it's actually, it's, it's beauty and it's not duty, all right? It's, it's goodness and grace. It's not have to and the hard slog, you know? And so that kickflip has to happen not only as I'm in Slovenia, but for your hearts every morning. Every morning, speak that. Oh, it's already done. I'm in the fam, if you're a follower of Jesus. And if you're not, man, I would invite you. This is the best thing ever. You should, you should look into this. If you know Jesus, kickflip every morning so that the natural old grooves of your heart don't take you down those roads like you're going to do it or I can't do it, but rather, oh man, it's been done and I'm in and my Father loves me and he's inviting me to be where he is, which is on mission. All right? So let me pray for you guys and uh, we'll call it good. So Lord, thanks so much for who you are. Thanks that you, your program was global and that we're in this. We're in this mix as maybe Gentiles and some Jews. I don't know. But, God, we just praise your name for that and that you love us and that you came for us 
and that we can rest in that and we can move out with joy and not burden. It could be really beauty and not duty. So praise your name and we, uh, yeah, we just thank you for the day. So amen.